right, now we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you can like, follow, share, subscribe, do whatever you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. And also as well, NBA Draft Junkies, the Run the Floor podcast, and everything that they do at the Lakerholics.com site. It is truly appreciated. We wanted to go ahead and just give you an update on what's going on. I think it is day 11 of the NBA playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. I counted it out earlier. We had the break that was there because of what was going on with the protests, but I believe it is NBA playoffs day 11. And kind of surprising on a couple of notes, uh, but Boston, Denver, and also the Clippers were victorious today. And here to talk about all three games with me real quick is my good friend. You got to check out what he's doing today at NBADraftJunkies.com. Or his NBA Draft Junkies YouTube page, or his two awesome podcasts, which you got to go ahead and give five stars to. That is NBA Draft Junkies and Run the Floor. It is my good friend, Mr. Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, seemed like a nice, casual Sunday for NBA playoffs. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was weird that we had two game sixes and a game one of the second round going on at the same time. Yeah. I know it's happened before, but it's just weird to see that, um, you know, like one series could be in game two of the second round while game seven of the, the first round could be going on. But it was good basketball. I think, um, you know, the Utah and Denver series has been – exciting every game except one yeah i believe there was one blowout by utah i think yep and i thought that series was over like i predicted denver and seven but when utah went up i thought that oh yeah they're gonna beat them in five and then i thought they'd beat them in six but now we got a game seven and i mean can utah was up three one yeah if they don't want to be on that side of history of blowing a three to one lead Exactly. They can talk to Golden State on that one. But uh, I will say this. When it comes to what we're seeing with that series, and we'll start off with that game because Denver did come out a victorious on that game, 119-107. I'm telling you, my friend, what is it going on? What's going on with Jamal Murray? Jamal Murray, again, we talked about this the other day. Why doesn't he seem to get enough love out there? He's a Nike 19 almost 20 point a game scored during the regular season, but he seems this is the second postseason in a row where he seems to have kicked it up a notch. Like you said before, he isn't having to need to go ahead and worry about the playmaking per se on an every play basis. He just needs to go out there and do his thing. I just don't know why he just doesn't do it more often during the regular season. Well, I mean, I guess you'd rather him do it in the playoffs than the regular season. You know, where stars are made and he's he's definitely shown that he's he's a star in this league. I oh, mean, I get it, yeah. And but I, I do agree with the fact that he's not as talked about. Like even this series, Donovan Mitchell, his performances were more discussed. Uh Murray was kinda like the afterthought in a sense. And even with like Luca. I mean Luca's got a lot of attention, rightfully so, but 
I definitely do feel that Jamal Murray hasn't received the same amount of attention. Because this is his second game in the series that over 50 points or over. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I just heard the, the press conference and, um, and Mike Malone said that last year he did the same thing in the first round when they upset San Antonio. They don't make it. Or it was the first round, I believe. They don't make it to the second round without him having another big-time performance. And this is the second playoffs in a row that he's shown to be a, a big-time player when when the game is important in crunch time and in muscle-in situations. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely underrated. Yes, I agree. And so does Content Creators 805. Welcome back, my friend. Uh, As what you're saying, this is an all-time classic duel between Murray and Mitchell, and you can't wait till Game 7. You know what? I don't think anyone out there that's an NBA fan would disagree with you on that, because including Rafael and I, because we're excited for Game 7. And that, you know, I actually want to go ahead and break it down to you, my friend, because... Mitchell has two as well. Yes, both Donovan Mitchell and also as well Jamal Murray have two 50-point games in this series. And it, and it is the only time in NBA history this has happened. Thank you for the, the shout-out on that, Content Creators 805. Got to give you the props on that. But I want to ask you this, my friend. It's come down to a Game 7, like you called it, and you're still sticking with Denver. But this is going to be one for the ages i think this is really going to come down to it it could be another one of those slobber knockers as jim ross would say with the what was it the five six overtime just incredible game that that was with uh portland and was who was it oh gosh and portland and denver so yeah so i want to ask you this my friend uh it just to me i think it's a wash between donovan and also jamal to me, it's yeah. all about the supporting cast. Does Utah have enough to outpace Jokic and the rest of the Denver Nuggets? I don't know, man. This series is so unpredictable. I mean, it looked like, well, we all thought that Denver was going to win because we just felt like Utah was going to be without a couple of starters. I thought Conley would miss more time. Yeah. But then also Denver was missing a couple rotation guys. And when it was three to one, I just thought the series was over. Yeah. And I <laughs> I mean, this game seven, it's it's a game seven where there's no advantages. Usually in a game seven, you would guess the home team would have an advantage, but there's no home team. There's no I mean, I don't think the piped up fake crowd noise makes a difference. So this is gonna be a a game seven that we've never seen before. Absolutely. And uh, content creators 805 is matching and he's thinking that Denver would be a better matchup for the Clippers. I thought that as well initially, and I, I agreed with you on that. But the only thing is that who guards Kawhi? Because that's where I see the weakness for Denver is is their matchup as far as the wings are concerned. I mean, would uh, you think, you know, Raphael and also content creators 805, do you guys think that Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. Well, Michael Porter Jr. is great offensively, but terrible defensively. But do you actually think that that they can stand up against you know the Paul George and of course Kawhi? It's because they're 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 lacking on the wings, I think, as far as a real dominant player out there. Yeah, I think if Denver wins, they have a shot because Dallas was competitive with Luca and only Luca and a whole defense that was geared to stop him. 
And I thought that, in my opinion, I felt like when Luke and Porzingis were on the court together, they were better than the Clippers. They just didn't get, I mean, I don't even know if they got two and a half games of them together. Maybe maybe just one and a half, if I'm not mistaken, right? Something like that, yeah. Actually, yeah, so. because remember, Porzingis got hurt in that first game. He was already hurt, I think, when he got himself kicked out. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it, yeah, so I think that, yeah, Denver's, Denver's offense is, is going to be tough. I mean, like, I think the Clippers off defense have kind of been, I, I, I guess it's too hard, too early to say that the Clippers defense has been overrated. Either that or just Luca is, I mean, is, is the piece that the one person that they can't stop. But yeah, I would say that healthy, Murray and a healthy Jokic. And then I think that Denver is probably more likely to have a third person chip in yeah. scoring that the Mavs didn't have. And so, yeah, it could be an upset. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I do think Denver would be a better matchup for the Clippers than, than the jazz. The jazz just don't seem to have enough offense outside of Donovan Mitchell. But then again, I felt like the same way about the Mavs, and I, I think that series could have easily won the Mavs' favor if they had a couple different bounces go their way Gary, and some better health. Gary Harris came back to the lineup today, played some limited minutes. Do you think that was a boost for Denver? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you looked at the box score and saw Donovan was held to 25 on inefficient shooting, but he still had 44, so I don't yeah. think it made too much of a difference. I just think Denver's been hot. I mean, it's their second game in a row, and they've had to rely on Murray to carry them, and that's what he's doing. And I think game seven boils down to who has the better performance, Murray or Mitchell. And if it does come down to a matchup between the Clippers and Denver, while I was talking about the lack of wing strength when it comes to Denver, it works on the opposite end where Paul George would have to consistently guard Murray as far as from a defense standpoint, because if they throw Lou Williams out there on Jamal Murray, oh my gosh, or Reggie Jackson, yeah, oh, oh, that would be a nightmare for for the Clippers. Beverly would have to come back. Beverly would have to come back. Yeah, and I think Beverly would be good for that series because he can harass Murray, and then they can easily switch off on them. But if they can get... I mean, I think they may be able to just outscore the Clippers. I, I do think that that could be a possibility if, I mean, Kawhi is playing the best basketball I've ever seen him play. So I don't think that you can slow him down. He's just too physical, too strong. It seems like he's making every shot. I think Grant will make him work. And I think Grant will probably do a better job defending him than what the Mavs had because the Mavs had to use Kleber to defend him because anytime Kawhi had, a guard or wing on him, he just overpowered them. So that's why you saw Kleber on on him a lot. And I think he did the best job as he could, which Kawhi was shooting jumpers over Kleber instead of just bullying his way to to a sweet spot. But yeah, I think Denver would just have to outscore them. I know it sounds cliche and sounds like a Magic Johnson take where, you know, the team that scores the most points wins. But yeah, I think Denver would just have to say, hey, Kawhi's going to get his points. Let's hope Paul George is still, you know, inconsistent. But if we can just outscore them 
and make them play at our pace, then we have a chance. I'll tell you what, my friend, Denver and Utah, it's going to be an epic game seven. Content creators 805, and you have hit it right on the head as far as, you know, seeing that in the not too distant future in two days. I'm looking forward to it just for as an NBA fan, just as somebody who wants to see an epic battle between, you know, almost like almost like dueling banjos. You know, I, if you can do that, I can do this better. And to see the faces on Jamal Murray after he makes one of his crazy shots, he makes those smirks, he makes those little faces that, that <laughs> even when it's a close game, he's still making those, you know, it's like, almost like he's showing off a little bit, uh, not on the verge of taunting or whatnot, but it just, it seems very uh, confident in his game right now because when he's when he's hot like that, the Denver Nuggets are really hard to stop. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think um, Jokic will be able to pull some of the Clippers' bigs out of the paint if he's knocking down open shots. I think that would be a good match. But I guess I can't look too far ahead because they still have to get past Utah. Absolutely, and we'll find that out for sure on Tuesday. And we'll be back here, obviously, then to go ahead and cover the game for you and then preview the next round against the Clippers, who... Did win today, 111-97. to They just cruised in the second half. Uh, all props to Luka Doncic, 38 points today, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, but didn't get much help otherwise, And which was really disappointed to see because, you know, like you said, had they had their full team there against the Clippers, I think it would have been a lot closer. There's a really good chance that they could have gone up 3-1 in that series. Yeah, even today I felt like they had a chance when they cut it to six, and then um, Clippers just hit some big shots. So I think Luka definitely catapulted his status. I mean, everybody thought he was good. Everyone thought that he was going to be, you know, one of the best players in the league in the near future. But after this series, he's proven to be arguably top five right now. I mean, what he did to that Clippers defense – which, you know, they have two of the best wing defenders, and he was able to put up monster numbers on efficient shooting. And I think he only had one game where his numbers were somewhat average. But other than that, he had a couple 40-point games. I think he averaged, ended up averaging like 31 a game, but you can say that number was brought down because of the 22-point the game that he yeah. had. And but other than he was efficient. I mean, he got to the basket. He just showed his full toolbox of skills. And so the Mavs have a bright future. That they do. Really bright future. Especially if they can, um, you know, get Porzingis healthy. And then I believe they'll have the room for one max contract before Luca's due for his big, big extension. So, yeah, the future's looking bright for Dallas. Future is. I think, still think they need one more individual to go ahead and play off of Luca. Somebody that's going to help just take a little bit of the the cushion off of him because mm-hmm. he, he's done such a whale of a job. He is one of the top five players as of this moment playing right now. I mean, at least I'm thinking so. Are you? Yeah. I mean, there were some people that doubted, especially his regular season numbers against the Clippers weren't that great compared to other teams, but he figured out their defense in the playoffs. And I read an article. It's uh, by a good friend of mine, Nikias Duncan. He writes for basketballnews.com, the new site that just launched. And he wrote an article that just basically broke down 
how the Clippers are trying to defend Luca and how he's a step ahead and and how he has an answer for everything they're throwing at him. And for someone that young to just be able to solve the Clippers defense and I mean the great defenders that they have and Doc Rivers. I mean we're we're watching we're watching a basketball prodigy in real time. Something I mentioned on the podcast before. But unfortunately it just wasn't enough. He didn't have enough help. And so Clippers advance. Clippers advance indeed. This is Raphael from NBA Draft and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Content Creators 805 also said that Zubats look good today. Yeah, Ivica Zubats I really liked him. He was a second-round pick for the Lakers. He, he developed under the Lakers system, and the Lakers traded him, like you said, uh, a content creator. Right? That is correct. Don't get as I said to CC eight hundred five. Don't get me started with that trade for Mike Muscala. That is uh, that's one that you got to go ahead and just shake your head at. Uh, just incredible. Just uh, you see right now, he's one of the best offensive rebounders in the NBA as far as statistically. Uh, he does a, a pretty good job clogging up the middle, does everything you need as far as from a standpoint of the old traditional big man style of playing. And he gives them those solid minutes. And I just, right now, the Lakers could have used him, but unfortunately they gave him up. But again, this is something that they will have to focus on if those two advance to the Western Conference Finals about seeing if they could go ahead and get him out of the game with some foul trouble early on, because if that's the case, you're able to go ahead and have a better chance on the boards and, and things of that nature. But again, let's not go in too far into that. Uh, he's a lot better than JaVale and Younger. I, I will probably give you that he's better than JaVale at this point in time, but and he is quite a bit younger. So I'll give you that CC805. But yeah, he uh, did a good job today for the Clippers as they advance. They're going to get a couple days off extra days off because it's going to a game seven against their opponent, Denver or Utah. So we'll see what happens there. Don't want to get too much in advance and saying Denver Clippers yet, because again, it could be an epic game seven. I'm hoping it is. Raphael is hoping it is. Everybody out there that's listening and watching, I think is also very in tune to seeing what's happening with that game seven. Cause it look could like, it looks like it's going to be a very epic game seven. Yeah, it's uh. I mean, the NBA and Adam Silver, like we mentioned before on a previous podcast, they have to be happy with the results of this bubble league. I mean, the game has been competitive. We've had some intensity. We've had some new rivalries. You got guys that don't like each other going against each other, and the favorites have won. So I, I think that um, the NBA has to be pleased with everything that's going on in the bubble. Well, the last thing we want to cover before we head on out, my friend, is the Boston Celtics and Toronto game one. Like you were saying, that they could eat, they they will be in game two while Utah and Denver are still in game seven. But I wanted to ask you this: Boston came away with a very impressive, and I just burns my 
Burns my tongue almost to say, very impressive win for the Boston Celtics, but I got to give them their props. They won 112 to 94 today. And it wasn't so much any single player on the Boston Celtics did a great job. They just did, they played above their level. They played outstanding. They played a great team ball today. I mean, I'm looking at six players in double figures. But what impressed me most, my friend, was the defense. They really yeah. locked down the Raptors. I mean, they held them, as far as their shooting is concerned, really to to an extent where they just could not make a shot. 25% from the three-point area, 36%, almost 37% from field goals overall. 94 points in a playoff game like this where the scores are higher, almost as high as at any point in time. I think there was like a 1983-1984. Uh, those playoffs right now have a higher scoring average. But outside of that, when you're scoring at a premium like they are right now, getting 94 points is not going to get it done. And you're right, CCO805. Boston is, Boston's a lot better than a lot of people thought they were. Well, I thought they were going to be pretty good. I didn't think the Horford – I didn't think losing Horford would make that big of a deal because I thought the growth – that that uh, Tatum and Brown would make would overcome that. And then um, yeah, I just thought that it could win by committee. I thought Robert Williams would, would be a little better than what he has been. Man, if he ever decides to put it together, Boston would be really tough. But, yeah, I was high on Boston this year. I just think that last year they just had too many things going on, too many distractions in the locker room, and too many guys that just had different agendas. So I'm not shocked at all. It's kind of like um, a situation where it's an addition by subtraction. And that's what we're seeing with Boston. But with Toronto, it's kind of surprising to me because I'll say this with this first game, because Toronto have been playing better than arguably anybody else in the bubble. In the bubble. Well, I think they had the easiest competition, though. Yeah, you could say that I, as well. I, I, I do think that they had the easiest path. Easiest path. Ooh, that was a tongue twister in a sense. And um, but yeah, I mean, Gasol and Siakam were held to. I don't even think they had twenty points combined, which is less than what Siakam has been averaging in the postseason. So Boston's defense did well, but I think this series goes seven. I see this as a seesaw that just goes back and forth. Because you know, Nick Nurse is going to come up with something to counteract what that happened in game one. Uh, obviously, he was not very happy and pleased with his team's performance, but he seems to probably be right now one of the leading X and O guys that are coaches out there for the NBA. And I suspect something he'll throw out there will probably go ahead and have Boston trying to readjust themselves for game two. Well, I think it would be easier if one guy went off. Like if Tatum had 30 or 40, then you adjust to that. I think it's a lot harder to adjust to a balanced offensive attack. Yeah. And that's what the Celtics had. So I'm interested to see what he comes up with. You know, he's going to come up with something. Yeah. He's, he's very good at adjusting, but yeah, I think uh, I got Toronto winning game too. I do as well. But again, Boston, you got to give them credit. Uh, they pulled off a, mm -hmm. probably one of the best performances of the NBA playoffs today. And you're right, CC805, in agreeing with Rafael Barlow that this game, or that the series between Boston and Toronto has seven games written all over. I couldn't agree with both of you more on that. That's just something that it looks like. Like Denver and Utah. Denver and Utah looked like, from the very beginnings, it was going to be seven, 
and that's ultimately what is the case. And it looks like right now, from what I'm seeing between these two teams, because they're so evenly matched, that seven games is definitely looking like it's going to be on the horizon. Yeah, just, you know, hope both teams are healthy and we get a chance to just watch two teams fight it out with healthy rosters. Like, I, I just don't like seeing a team that's depleted having to go against a healthy team. I mean, I, I guess you can say the Clippers weren't 100% healthy without Beverly, but I think Porzingis is a bigger part of the math success than Patrick Beverly. And then even for my Blazers, I mean, they weren't healthy. And I would have loved to see a healthy Blazers team play against a healthy Lakers team, which didn't happen. And so hopefully Toronto and um, Boston can just, you know, there's no injuries, no asterisks, no what if such and such, whatever. Just the best team wins. Let's hope the best team wins indeed. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, Mm -hmm. I'm talking to my good friend Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Content Creators 805 has another great question before we head on out, my friend. And before you tell everybody what's going on with your awesome site, NBADraftJunkies.com and NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, he's asking, what's our thoughts on the Bucks heat tomorrow? I think we said it before on uh, our previous podcast, but I think I've got Miami stealing game one. How about you? Oh, well, I know overall I have Miami in the upset. So I'm going to go with Miami in game one also. There you go. We got it from right here. Let's hope that's not the kiss of death there for Miami. But uh, I've got Miami in in six. I don't know why, but I'm feeling Miami in six. What did you say you had it? I think it goes seven. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think both series go seven games. What do you think of that Boston-Toronto series before we head on out? I would say I was leaning towards Toronto in seven. So um, I don't think I made it official with that pick, but I'll, I'll still go Toronto. In Is seven. it in pencil? Yeah, it's in pencil. Okay. <laughs> because like I, I had, I had Denver in seven and then when they were down three, one, I kind of mentally said, okay, Utah, Utah has this. And now I could, you know, I could end up being right in the first place. There you go. I've got Toronto in seven as well. Uh, he's got the Bucks in six, content creators at 05. And again, uh, you know, it could go either which way. I think whoever shoots the best from outside, because both, especially Milwaukee, they are designed to give up a lot of three-pointers. If Miami is rocking on three-pointers, or if Giannis Antetokounmpo is dishing it out and he's got some hot three-pointers behind him, I think whoever has the the best array of three-point shooting will ultimately win the series. 
yeah, it's definitely going to come down to you know, whoever makes the most threes. And then also how well Miami defends Giannis. I, I see them building a wall and making things a little bit tougher for him as far as just getting to the basket, especially in transition. You think you can hold um, yeah, him to I, maybe 25? I'm not asking for 30. No, I think he still gets his numbers just off of his activity. He's going to get a lot of free throws because he's always in attack mode. He does not stop attacking. So I think he's going to get you at least 10 points a game off of free throw attempts. And then, I mean, it's just it's hard to stop him completely, but if you can just make him work and you can cut off his driving angles, but then if you're making shots, that's when Giannis is easier to defend because he gets a lot of his points off misses. Once he gets the rebound, you know, he's going straight to the rim yeah. and that's where he puts a lot of pressure on you. So well, Miami's good shooters, especially if the bucks are trying to give up corner threes for you know, I guess that's their defensive strategy. If Miami's knocking down shots, then you're limiting Giannis's effectiveness to turn rebounds into personal fast breaks. There you go. That's uh, that would be a key, obviously, for any team going against Giannis. It's Nakupo and the Bucks. Content creators eight hundred five has got Boston in seven and Denver winning Game Seven. This is the great thing about right now. Content creators eight hundred five. Raphael, myself, content, and what you're doing out there, content creators eight hundred five. It it really is that close right now. It's razor thin between all those teams, and it could go one way or the other at this point in time. Now, there's no more easy victories. There's now no more clean sweeps. Everything looks like right now from, the, from here on out as far as tough tests for each and every team, whether it's the Lakers and the Rockets, whether, you know, who it doesn't matter. It just seems like it's going to be a tough series for each and every NBA team going forward. Yeah, it's something that we haven't had the last few years. Like I feel maybe like the last five years, you could, in marker, right, Golden State is coming out the West. And other than last year, you felt like LeBron was coming out the East. So the second round, the matchups weren't as evenly matched as they are this year. I feel like with the if Houston moves on and um, let's say – Utah or Denver moves on. I feel like, for the most part, every team that's 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 advanced to the second round can beat the favorites. Like I don't think that the Lakers have a major advantage over Houston. I mean, it's going to be a contrast in styles. It's yeah. going to you know curious to see which style wins out. But I don't think Milwaukee in a playoff setting in a set of game series is going to be that much better than. Miami and like we said Boston and Toronto could be a toss-up so this is like I said earlier in the podcast this is going to be so far it has been a great experience in the playoffs and in the bubble and it's only going to get better in my opinion because I mean there's the teams are somewhat evenly matched absolutely and I'm looking forward to the rest of the playoffs because there are no, going to be no more Easy victories, I think. I mean, you'll see some blowouts here and there, but again, as far as series are concerned, you're not going to see any just no more Iverson sweeps, no more sweeps entirely. I don't think from this point going forward, I think you're just going to see tough matchups, and I'm looking forward to it. I know Content Creators 805 is looking forward to it. I know you're looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome ride, and we're going to keep updating you each and every day for the playoffs. 
right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to hear your thoughts on what you're up to. I know you've had a busy weekend. I know you've been doing a lot of stuff. I know you've been gearing a lot for the fans out there of NBA Draft Junkies. So I want to hear what you got in store for them at NBA Draft Junkies. Yeah, just have both of my mock drafts up, um, 2.0. One video is the lottery. The other video is the second half, 15 through 30. I put that up yesterday, so it's probably been up a little bit, maybe just slightly over 24 hours from the time that we recorded this. Um, the site is updated, so I just right now I just need to go back to doing different player profiles. And so I have a Devin Vassell video that I'm sitting on. I, I'll release it tomorrow. I know I've said that in the past, but I, uh, I'll release that. And then I have another one that um, it's a, it's, I'm not going to release the name yet, but it's a, a player that is a projected lottery pick in this draft. And I was able to get some exclusive footage of, of a workout. And uh, I, I think that, this footage could actually kind of help him and help his draft stock because one of the weaknesses that I had, he's definitely put in the work and he's improved it. He's improved that area. And so right now I'm just kind of waiting on approval. Just out of respect, I sent it to his, his camp, his agency and, and, you know, everybody that is involved in his, his draft process. And so I'm just kind of waiting on them to give me the okay to, to release it. And once I do that, I think the video will, uh, I think it'll pique some interest simply because, you know, usually at this time you may see guys like ESPN or Draft Express have different videos of guys working out, but they haven't been able to have access. I think, I guess because they're with ESPN and, and ESPN is probably because of what's going on, not going to pay for guys to go to the gyms and, and, and put their guys at risk. So I think uh, the draft coverage as far as like workout videos has been pretty limited this year. And so if I can, um, you know, just get access to different players, I think it will be very beneficial for my site. There you go. And I hope it will be my friend, because I'm rooting for you and I'll be checking it out. That is NBA draft junkies on YouTube, NBA draft junkies.com. Plus his great shows run the floor. And of course, NBA draft junkies available wherever you get your podcasts. And for myself, Wanted to let everybody know on Lakerholics.com, not only do you hear Laker Tom's crazy rants, not only get to, do you hear or you can read what Magic Man, Laker Tom, and Jamie Sweet are doing up there, but I did drop my, well, my mock draft 3.0 up there, along with a lot of Rafael Barlow's videos from NBA Draft Junkies, and you can go ahead and check that out right there at Lakerholics.com, who I think is going to go where for now. But I'm looking forward to maybe even going into it even further on a mock draft 4.0 coming up in the in the near future. I'm still hoping Rafael will get on the suit one of these days and you know go ahead and uh, do another if I was the GM type video. So I'm hoping for that, my friend. Yeah, I uh, I definitely want to get back to to doing that. Because um, you said you have to have 30 of those, at least 30 different combinations. That's the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hard part. Uh, yeah, there, there probably will be some duplicates because, you know, like I'm not going to wear a red suit for the Bulls or the Hawks. And I definitely don't have a, a purple and teal one for for the Hornets. So they'll get the basic black and white. But yeah, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start that up again. I, I still have like 28 teams left to do before the draft. So I'm, I'm going to try to get it done. But I, I did make a um, commitment to doing a second round 
second round mock draft on my website. So that's that's going to be pretty time consuming. But I mean, this is the time of year where people are interested in a draft, and this is the time of year where I can really, um, you know, just kind of showcase all the work that I've been putting in since about September. So looking forward to it. And this has been a great privilege of mine to go ahead and see firsthand all this great work that you're doing. Uh, it's just so awesome to see see how much detail is in the process. And Content Creators 805 has, has some kind words for you on your work. Uh, he says, nice, Raphael. He says, awesome. Just your work is just uh, speaks for itself. Uh, he complimented us on the show today. Uh, CC805, we just appreciate everything that you do as far as supporting this show. For us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, again, I'm, I've already posted on the Lakerholics.com my mock draft, or at least my latest one. I also will be going ahead for the Pop Culture Cosmos side. That's going up to radio worldwide and also as well podcast outlets everywhere. Our tribute, both myself and my co-host Josh Peterson on Chadwick Boseman, plus also as well a review of Bill and Ted's Face the Music, Class Action Park on HBO Max, and so much more. So you want to check that out Monday when it hits radio and podcast outlets everywhere. Of course, Lakers Fast Break, we're continuing this between myself and Raphael each and every day there's the playoffs, so we hope that will continue. But again, as always, keep in mind what the the folks out there in the NBA are fighting for. They're fighting for social justice. They're fighting for equality in our in our country and systemic racism to fight against that. So before we head on out, just want to make sure everybody knows that again, each and every day we gotta go ahead and see what we can do to get this thing done. And, and try and, and build a better country of ours that's more equal and more loving to each other. But my friend, it's been a great episode. Just want to thank you again for joining me. We've got games tomorrow on the slate, don't we, my friend? Yeah, uh, Milwaukee and Miami, and then uh, possibly the closeout game between Houston and Oklahoma City. Ooh, so the plot thickens there. Yeah, ooh. So we can really start with the Rockets win with the preview of the Lakers and the Rockets, if that's the case. So I'm looking forward to that. And then seeing if Content Creators 805 or we are going to be right as far as who gets the nice jump for this series between Milwaukee and Miami. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts tomorrow on both those games. Yeah, thank you, Content Creators 805, for just for your contribution to the show. I, I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And if you ever want to come on live, let us know. You ever want to join us, all you got to do is hit me up at Lakers Fast Break. He's at Barlow 500, at NBA Draft Junkies on Twitter. We're just all right there. Or hit me up on a Lakers Fast Break social media. I'm all over the place. And of course, we just truly appreciate any time you watch or everyone out there listens to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break podcast.